Sneaker Love, a podcast paying tribute to our mutual love of sneakers. The game may be flawed, but the love and culture will always be pure. And now, your host with Sneaker Love, Matty Ice. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Sneaker Love with Matty Ice. I am your host, Matty Ice, and this is a Matty Ice Media Network production. First off, if you want to connect with me on Instagram, the handle is Matty Ice Sneakers, and on Twitter, it is at Matty Ice Media. As always, visit MattyIceMedia.com for all of the podcasts that we support, such as the manual and political football. So over the course of the evolution of this show, the early evolution of this show, I've kind of gotten into my origin story, and I've started getting into some of the important people that I think are responsible for today's sneaker culture. And while last week I talked about Tinker Hatfield, and I said Tinker Hatfield almost to me represented the architect of sneaker culture because he had his hands on many of the designs of some of the most famous and iconic pieces of footwear from the Jordan brand and Nike fashion lines. And then I tried to talk about Travis Scott the week before and say that, okay, so maybe Travis Scott is a great designer of shoes, but is he responsible for today's hype market? Because I think that the market today had a starting point, and I think that it was exacerbated, obviously, by the pandemic. But I think Travis Scott had a hand, not on purpose, in driving up the hype machine. I also mentioned another name in there that I said might be responsible for the hype, but since then I have really come to terms with the fact that I think I was wrong about that and I've taken another approach and I'm gonna talk about that person today. And that person is Virgil Abloh. So if you're listening to this and you're a sneakerhead, you know that Virgil Abloh is responsible for all of the Nike and Off-White collaborations that have existed since the year 2017. Some more famous than others, and we'll get into some of those a little bit later. But the history of Virgil Abloh. So Virgil Abloh currently um, is the artistic director of Louis Vuitton, and that's kind of a big deal because I believe he was the first black man to be a part of that executive team. He's also the CEO or the chief executive officer of Off-White, which is a you know designer street clothing brand company, so to speak. And both of these brands obviously are huge brands in and of themselves. So for him to be linked to both of those and work for both of those is pretty prestigious. Uh, when he was in college, he was actually a civil engineering student, and he studied architecture uh, as his master's at the Illinois Institute of Technology. And it's interesting because you think, huh, engineering. As somebody who studied engineering at first when I got to college, I don't correlate engineering with fashion or design of shoes. But civil engineering in and of itself is an architecture as well as is the design of buildings and it's just instead of shoes. So you're really putting a artistic look at something that is instead going on somebody's feet and not some building that you're going into. But while he was at the Illinois Institute of Technology, there was a building that was being designed there by some famous architect. I didn't bother to put that in the details here because to be frank, it's unimportant. But what is important is that walking around and seeing this building being built inspired him and it inspired him to get into fashion so much so that he was writing for a blog called The Brilliance while he was there. And this was basically writing about fashion and design. And he kind of got his name started there by being, uh, you know, being a little bit out there. He uh, interned at at Fenty with Kanye West, who may or may not be a future episode. And as you know, they were there, they partnered with another guy named Don C. So you have Don C, you have Virgil Abloh, and you have Kanye West, who all three have had iconic collaborations with different sneaker brands. Most notably right now, we're talking about Nike. And in 2017, Nike decided to do something bold. They gave Virgil Abloh the design prerogative to basically design what is called the 10 series. Ironically, there's only nine shoes in that series, but it was basically a Virgil Abloh exclusive look 
and redesigning of iconic silhouettes in the Nike line. And here are the shoes that were included in that and have had different, uh, you know, insertions into the line since then. But we have the Jordan 1, of course. Uh, the Jordan 1 is probably the most iconic of the Air Jordan brand models. It's the first. Uh, in the first, I mean, obviously the Airship, of course. I'm not talking about that. But we're talking about the most iconic, that Chicago colorway. And that was what Virgil Abloh ended up doing. We have the Blazer Mid, which is more of an 80s, late 70s, or, you know, 80s, 80s look to it. The Air Max 90, another iconic shoe in the Nike line. Uh, the Air Presto. The Air Presto is not quite as as hyped as a lot of others. It's an acquired taste, but uh, it was it was definitely out there. We have the React Hyperdunk. Now the Hyperdunk is a basketball shoe, so that one is interesting. And I think we're starting to get into a little bit of a theme here. Oh, uh, we have the Vapor Max, the Air Max 97, which is another iconic Air Max model, which has lended itself to so many great collaborations over the years. Most specifically, the Sean Watherspoon 97s, which are one of my favorite sneakers of all time. We have the Zoom Fly, which is a runner shoe or more athletic based shoe. We have the Air Force One, which speaks for itself. And of course, we have the Chuck 70. And I'm a huge fan of the, the Chuck All-Stars. It's interesting, too, because when you think about those shoes there, they really run the gamut of people and their likes. But I think some stick out more than others. And I said, you know, about Travis Scott, that one of the things that he has done is he has really trafficked in designing shoes that are already really popular. And other shoes that mean something to him. So that's not to take away from his vision. It just means that it's a lot easier to sell hype when you are trafficking in shoes that are already hyped themselves. I mean, Jordan 1s are going to sell. Jordan 4s are going to sell. Dunks are going to sell right now. Those are very, very low-hanging fruit. But Virgil Abloh, just naming off the shoes in that list, in my mind, Virgil Abloh was getting to something a little bit different. He was paying homage and giving love, sneaker love, how do, you, how do you like that, to shoes that are not necessarily popular, but that have served Nike well in their steeped history over the years. Even to add to that, he has given love to women's athletics through some of his collaborations. And I'm talking about these are not hyped ones either. You could get these for almost retail at one point. The Zoom Terra Kiger, the Zoom Vapor Street, the Waffle Racer. Even the Jordan 4 sale, and the Jordan 4 is a very hyped Jordan silhouette, but it was a women's exclusive release that had a lot of feminine tones to it. Now, obviously, in both the retail and rep market, men are buying them if they can find their size, but my point being is it was showing love to women because women are sneakerheads too, and women have an artistic vision and an eye for fashion as well, and he's showing love to that. And of course, the uh, Air Zoom Tempo Next per, uh, Percent, which is obviously like the preeminent running shoe right now, and it's used by almost all female marathoners, at least from my marathon background, I can tell you that. So he's showing a lot of love to others. The other thing that happened is his vision evolved over time. His vision in evolved to shoes that actually had a personal touch to him. The Jordan 5 Muslim was the first of his Jordan 5s to come out. And he talked about how that was the first ever Air Jordan that he owned. And that's pretty cool when you think about designing a shoe that was the first one you ever owned. It has a personal touch to it that maybe doesn't hit home with a lot of these other designers. Even that sail colorway, taking from a very, very iconic colorway in the uh, Fire Red 5s, basically. I mean, it's sort of like a an aged version of that. But again, the concept being that this was a shoe that he owned that he basically like found in his mother's basement or something like that. That is so old that it's aged, but it means something to him. And of course, how could we forget the, the first off-white Nike Dunks, which I think really 
ignited the hype machine as it related to Nike Dunks. And I don't think that it's because of Rojo Abloh necessarily, but I think when you have an off-white release or an off-white collaboration of a shoe that is just begging to be rehyped, I think that you had almost like a powder keg there. And those original three colorways though, they were paying homage to older dunks from the Be True to Your School from 1985. So again, paying homage to them. The interesting part is when I think about the shoes that Virgil Abloh has designed for Nike and Off-White, I really realized that his artistic vision was just that. Travis Scott may be designing shoes because he wants to sell them. I understand that he likes them and he'll wear them, but I think the ultimate end goal, and I understand too, this is the ultimate end goal for Virgil Abloh as well. They want to make money off of it. They want to traffic off sneaker culture so that people will go out and buy them and they'll be hype, 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 and the, the, you know, the resale prices will shoot up. I understand they don't see a, a piece of that necessarily, but I think you understand the idea. And I honestly feel like Travis Scott trafficked more in personal silhouettes that meant something more to him and that would honestly sell. When you look at the ones, like how often do you see him in his Air Max 270? But you know that Virgil Abloh has a, you know, has a personal take on a lot of the shoes that he has already designed. He has spotlighted a lot of shoes that have been, uh, you know, in Nike's expansive collection and they are not necessarily iconic shoes, but they are shoes that get a lot of love for various different reasons. Not every shoe necessarily has to mean something to the sneaker community. A lot of people would look at some of the more athletic laden shoes like the Terra Kyger and so forth and say, oh, Virgil's trash, his, his vision is trash. But those shoes mean something to a part of the community that maybe don't mean something to the sneakerhead community. There might be sneakerheads who are also athletes who appreciate the love that they're getting, right? And that means something. Uh, Virgil's, vi Virgil's vision to me had a theme. The 10 began with the deconstructed phase, right? Like, and we went through a lot of time where Nike and other companies were coming out with shoes that had a very deconstructed look. And in my mind, that was coming directly from Virgil Abloh's vision. And then as we got to some of the, the more recent, you know, collaborations, right? The Nike Dunks, I think, are part of that. The, the Jordan 5s, I think, are part of that. It came became very much like a DIY thing a do-it-yourself vibe. And Virgil Abloh, similar to Kanye, said he wanted people to be able to customize and stylize their shoes in any way possible. And having things like the shoelaces, shoelaces, you know, the shoelaces with the text on them, obviously, you know, the X-Acto knife stuff for the Jordan 5, he wanted people to feel free to basically put their artistic vision on sneakers because that's what he was able to do. That's the kind of platform that he was given. And I think that when you look at him showing the love for a lot of obscure colorways. And I mean obscure silhouettes that are not ones that are known or you know, necessarily hyped by sneakerheads today. But I think that when you use that when when you look at Virgil compared to Travis, I really think that Virgil was using sneakers as a way of artistic expression because I think when you get deep down to who Virgil Abloh is, I really think that it's about the art and the design. And that in his mind, being able to combine the personal touch with that artistic vision and knowing that that artistic vision is liked by others means something to him. He's going to continue to put out shoes as long as Nike will let him. Some you're going to like and some you won't. But think about it in terms of art. Isn't that what sneakers really are? I mean, if you really get down to the bare bones of what sneakers are, what makes them something you like versus what somebody else likes, it's really art in one of its purest forms. I think a lot of times when we, and I mean we, the royal we, think about art, we think about stuffy art galleries and snobby parties and people like that, rich people. But there's so many different ways that you can express art. And I think sneakers themselves have been a, an expression of art for a lot of people for a very, very long time. 
it just so happens that that expression of art speaks to a larger community that's looking to have as many shoes as possible. And do does everybody that buys the shoes necessarily understand the vision? Do they understand the connection that Virgil Abloh has to old sneakerheads, to being an old head, to understand that history? And I talked about that with Tinker Hatfield. If you're going to be a sneakerhead in today's game, you have to truly understand the mark that Tinker Hatfield had on the sneaker game today. Whether you're going to GOAT or StockX to find your retails or whether you're going to the rep markets to find the shoes you want to wear, do you truly understand what they mean? Do you truly understand how they got to you? Virgil Abloh, to his credit, is not just taking something that somebody else has designed and basically plopping some different materials on it and calling it a day. He's actually trying to transform the way that that shoe looks to sort of change the viewpoint of what we think about that shoe because we've always thought of things like Air Force Ones and Jordan Ones and Nike Dunks a certain way. We've always associated, associated them with something specific. But now when he puts his vision on it, do you consider it art? Right? Do you associate it with high art, with high content creation? Because that's really what it is. A lot of times in life, we make our biggest impact when we are zigging when others are zagging. And I truly think that Virgil Abloh is doing that right now in the sneaker game. You might be able to say, well, he has the opportunity to do it because he's famous and he has the ability to collaborate with Nike. Well, that's very, very true. But that wasn't always the, the way that it was. I mean, he started out at the bottom, starting out as an intern for a big company. Do you think that they treated him like royalty the way that they might do that now? Do you think he was just gift wrapped the job at Louis Vuitton or gift wrapped a company like you know, like Off-White? I mean, that brand is a huge brand that commands very, very high prices. But I don't for a second believe that Virgil Abloh doesn't truly believe in the vision that he is putting out there. And whenever I see a shoe that he designs, and I think a great example is this upcoming Jordan 2 uh, Off-White. It's getting absolutely panned by people uh, on the internet. But I'll tell you what, when it actually drops, people are going to be buying it up like you wouldn't believe because that's the way sneakerheads work these days. That's the way hype works. But I love the fact that he has a backstory to all of these. I love the fact that he is willing to come out there and say, this was the design inspiration for this shoe. Understanding that Michael Jordan used to give away signed game, you know, game-worn shoes back when he was younger. And he didn't do that in his older days because he was just too damn famous. But this Jordan 2, looking like something that somebody had, a game-worn signed shoe from way, way, way back in the day. I mean, that's where a lot of this started. Michael Jordan wearing shoes for his athletic endeavors. He didn't wear them because he thought that 30, 40 years ago from, from then that people were going to be trying to buy these up at any means necessary, at any cost. He thought of them as a basketball shoe first and foremost because his basketball career was what was making him money. And obviously now so much time has passed and sneaker culture has changed so much that you know it is a different game now. Shoes are designed for the stylized portion of it. They're not designed for athletic endeavors anymore. There's a whole other line for athletic and you know athletic shoes. But Virgil Abloh is lending his design vision to sneaker culture in a way to sort of bring fine art and fine design to you. Most of us don't have access to the high-end brands. And if we do, we may be spending money that we don't have. Like I'm never gonna own anything truly off-white because honestly, it's just too expensive and I'm not willing to pay that kind of money. And even if you look at the collaborations with Dior, right, that's bringing a high-end brand to some, to markets that maybe people don't necessarily have access to. 
So by him giving Nike, which is a, a brand for everybody, it's not something where the barriers to entry are so high that you can't be in it. Uh, they, they are sort of mending these two, these two worlds, right? And I think that it's really, really neat. And then when you get the backstory, when you understand the vision, I think Virgil Abloh is attempting to continue to zag when others are zigging where he could, you know, totally, um, you know, phone it in. And people think that he's phoning it in with this new one, you know, 50 off-white dunks. But here's the thing. And this is something that Kanye said too. Kanye said at one point that he wanted to make it so that everybody could get a Yeezy that wanted a Yeezy. And if you think about how many different colorways have come out of the 350s, right, how many of them have there been? It's been very, very easy to get access to a Yeezy if you wanted one. They continue to just pump out more and more and more. And Virgil, right through this 50 off-white dunk thing, allowed more access to shoes that are considered quote-unquote hype. And what has he also done? More exposure to different design elements, building on that DIY aspect. And that's really what I think that it is. I mean, imagine, think about it. Think about the 50 off-white dunks. And you might think, well, it's just a variation on, on one colorway with different colors on it. But isn't that what you would do if you were trying to design a shoe in your home? Isn't that something that you would do if you were like, you know what, I want to get into sneaker design. I want to start painting sneakers, redoing sneakers, customizing them. You start doing that kind of stuff. You'd start experimenting with different things, throwing different colors on different elements to see what worked. That's essentially what that collection is. It's just his expression of what somebody would do or he would do very, very early on in his design life or that somebody out there right now who's thinking, I wanna be a sneaker designer just like Virgil Abloh. That 50 off-white dunk collection is actually giving credence and inspiration to somebody who wants to get into that game. That's the way that I see it. That's a true vision, folks. Travis Scott may have a vision of dollar signs and he may wanna associate himself with certain brands because he wants to make money through sneaker releases. And I totally get that. It's capitalism, you do you, Trav. And honestly, a lot of your shoes are great, but there's something about the vision of Virgil Abloh. And I do think that it relates to Kanye West and some other people. One of the things that I'm trying to build through this podcast is trying to build a foundation of what sneaker culture is because to me, just jumping in and talking about the shoes that are out there now is it's going to fall flat if I don't talk about the past and I don't try to make a correlation of what has come before this moment. And Virgil Abloh, while he is still on his journey with Nike and Off-White, he is still adding inspiration and giving his design eye and his artistic vision to sneakers in a way that is making sneakers the true form of art that I feel that they are. And I totally think that that is worth exploring on this podcast. We're showing love, not just to the shoes themselves, but the people that are responsible for the shoes. What is your favorite uh, Virgil Abloh Nike Off-White you know, collaboration? Is it the Dunks? Is it the Jordan 1? A lot of people are going to say the Jordan 1 Chicago. Is it one of those weird ones? Is it one of those off-the-wall ones? It doesn't matter what it is. The point is, his vision has expanded enough so that we all have access and that we all have access more specifically to his vision and we can get something that speaks to us because that's what art is. It speaks to everybody in a different way and to me, that's what separates Virgil from Travis. So next episode, I want to get into Kanye West because I think Kanye West is doing something similar just in a very, very different way and I think Kanye is a very different person. But I've already made that connection. Kanye and Virgil working together at Fenty as interns and obviously, you know, they got a lot of design visions and they got a lot of ideas from their work together. And so we're going to explore that next episode. But first off, I want to say, uh, I've seen a lot of love being shown to other sneakerheads right now. Batch Floss always says it. And the title of this show is certainly not to steal that idea that real sneakerheads show love. 
what I'm saying is that I'm loving the sneakers and I want to be a part of that with you. I want you to share in that with me. And whether that's watching a Batch Floss video or watching some of these other RepTuber videos or just listening to this show, I'm here for it. There's plenty of love to go around and I'm gonna do what I can to help share that vision that Batch Floss has. So let me know what your favorite shoe is. Connect with me through the means that I, you know, I, I laid out earlier in the show. And honestly, I just appreciate everybody's listening ear every day and every episode that goes by. I appreciate everybody's time. Please hug your loved ones. We don't get that much time with them. I'm going to say it every episode and it's important to cherish it. And I will talk to you next week. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Sneaker Love are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Matty Ice Media Network does not condone the purchase or sale of counterfeit goods. Sneaker Love with Matty Ice is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.